I didn't know that I wanted to be a personal trainer just to get up off the couch because everybody was feeling so depressed, especially artists at this time, mm. because this is our livelihood. And everything was taken away from us. Can't perform anymore. You can't go to your dance classes anymore. It was just a really troubling time. Welcome to the Dream Mentorship Podcast, where we interview everyday women making a difference in their lives and communities. From doctors to stay-at-home mamas, CEOs who work hard with no drama, this is where you come to dream and be inspired. Because at Dream Mentorship, we believe that every dream is valid. Here's our host and founder, Mac Jane Creighton. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everybody to today's podcast. Of course, you know, I'm your girl, Mac Jane Creighton. And today we will be interviewing someone different compared to all the guests that we've probably had here so far, just because she's a dancer, actress, a personal trainer. And she also has a YouTube channel that is based out of New Jersey, New York City. She was recently seen in the national tour of Disney's Aladdin. Our guest today is Michelle. Michelle West, and I am super, super excited to interview her, especially because being a professional dancer, she had to pivot into fitness and health as a certified personal trainer as a result of the pandemic. And now she helps viewers live happier and healthier lives through her YouTube channel. So let's talk about how she got to where she is today. As usual, I want you to turn up the volume where you are. All right, let's jump right into it. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Hello, hello. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> Go well. I really love your energy. Just before we got on the podcast, I literally was just listening to you and I am excited about what you do. I've not been to any of your fitness training and stuff, but just listening to you talk, I think I'm already hyped and I want to go check it out. So <laughs> hey, that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> awesome. So let's start right from there. You are a professional dance performer turned fitness trainer so tell us about that so I was on tour with Disney's Aladdin for three years before the pandemic and my husband actually was on tour with me he was a drummer and we traveled with our dog I have been performing for a very long time I've been dancing ever since I was two I graduated with my BFA in dance from Temple University I've been performing in New York doing regional theater or tours ever since I graduated so Aladdin was one of the biggest gigs that I had booked and it was awesome to be able to to be a part of the original company and to tour the show around the country and once the pandemic hit mind you I kind of already interested in fitness and health while I was on the tour, you know, I would get up early in the morning. I was like getting a new hobby, I guess you could say, while the show was happening. So I would get up, I would (laughs) go to my Orange Theory class at nine o'clock in the morning. I would do my Orange Theory. I would come home and I felt really good. And then I would perform a show at night. So it was already something that kind of sparked interest to me because I absolutely loved it. And I would do Orange Theory like four to five times a week and still perform in shows in the evenings. Once the pandemic hit and we had to close our show, I was like, you know, fitness and health is still something that was a part of my life and something that I wanted to continue. So it was pretty easy for me to 
make that transition into fitness and health. I didn't know that I wanted to be a personal trainer just to get up off the couch because everybody was feeling so depressed, especially artists at this time, Mm. because this is our livelihood. And everything was taken away from us. Can't perform anymore. You can't go to dance classes anymore. It was just a really troubling time. And a lot of people who did live in New York couldn't live in New York anymore because it's so expensive to live in New York. So they had to transition to other places. So I was feeling that I wanted to show people that there's still an opportunity to get up and move your body. Great way to help with, you know, depression, great way to help with anxiety, with everything that's going on. So that's what I did. I came home. I was like, you know what? I need to do something. All the gyms are closed. I'm going to run. And I had learned how to run properly by doing my Orange Theory classes. And I started running maybe one and a half miles, two miles, three miles. And then it started gradually getting, you know, higher from there. And I would post all of my stories on my Instagram. And from there, people were really excited about what I was doing. It felt inspired. And they all were like, I need to run too. Michelle, what are your tips? What kind of shoes do I need? How do you find inspiration? And then that kind of sparked the YouTube channel. So then I started the YouTube channel just to give my expertise, I guess, or my opinions about moving your body and just to give people a little bit more inspiration about moving and moving in a different way in a sense, because all of my friends, a lot of my friends are performers. So they're used to moving, but they're not used to running or physical activity, more so just dance and dance is taken away from us. So I started the YouTube channel and people were really liking my work. My husband is all of the background work of that. So he is doing the editing and the filming of all of my stuff and I am the front runner. So as far Mm -hmm. as content that we're creating, we are creating it together. We are a team in that. And I'm just kind of in front of the camera and he's doing all of the amazing work in back of the camera. And my husband didn't do any video editing or video editing before the pandemic. He learned all of this and how to use all of that software during the pandemic. So as I was pivoting in a new career, he was pivoting in a new career as well. And we just brought it together and created this channel. And we wanted to bring good quality videos to our viewers. So we're continuously growing and we're still growing today, which is great. And to make my YouTube channel a little bit more legit, I really wanted to find out the background of what it is about health and fitness. Like I wanted to learn more. I wanted to be able to give my viewers a legit source. But if I am going to be that source, I need to learn more. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to get my certification. I think this would be a really good way to pivot and a really good way to show people that I really am more than just giving you blank information. I am actually studying this. And it's also challenging me in another way because I found a new passion throughout this whole thing. So then I got my certification. And then quickly after, once the gym started opening in New Jersey, I got a job fairly quickly to start becoming a personal trainer. And also I am the only female personal trainer at my gym, which is great because a lot of females, they feel more comfortable working with women. Um, So I am that resource for them. And then I also have my YouTube channel, but I still am a performer at heart. I still miss performing for sure. I cannot wait till Broadway comes back because that is definitely what I'm going to do (laughs) for sure. But I will say that this fitness and health pivot 
it's not the end of that once performing comes back. Like I want to be able to mend the two worlds that I have kind of created for myself for everybody for uh, I just want to inspire people that you don't have to just have one passion you can have more than one and you can follow that as long as you're you know staying on top of yourself and be on top of your schedule then you're able to you know do that and if you have a love and a passion for something you can do whatever your mind says you want to do so yeah it's been great to be able to like kind of come out of this and be like oh well I had a new passion and I started a business from it so you know, it's it's cool. I like it. <laughs> right. I, I love that you answered um, a lot of questions that I have. One was, you know, if you were ever going to go back to Broadway. So there there we have it. You're going to go back to Broadway once it comes back and you're going to be able to blend your two passions. And like you said, nobody should ever feel like they always have to choose just one passion. Talking about that, what are some of the biggest myths that you hear about fitness um, that you would like to debunk? Oh, there's a lot out there. About oh my fitness. goodness. There's so <laughs> many. There's so many. Um, basically, I mean, I guess to keep it short and sweet, the health and fitness world is a business at the end of the day. So people are going to try to profit off of people who don't understand what's happening with their bodies. Hmm. Plain and simple. So if you don't know how the body works, or if you don't know how weight loss works, or if you don't know how muscle gain works, then you're going to get anything to make you possibly get to the body that you want and what society wants you to be. And I think that is my biggest pet peeve about this space in general, because First of all, you have to think about your genetics and how you're actually built. Personal trainers are not miracle workers. We're not going to work out with us for four weeks. And then you're going to have the biggest butt and the smallest waist if you only train with me two times a week, especially if you're not incorporating good food and healthy habits into your lifestyle. It's just not going to happen. So at the end of the day, it's just about how the body works and how you're able to adjust your lifestyle for the healthy body or the, you know, or the aesthetic, because I don't think it's about the body you want. I think it's about how healthy you feel at the end of it. So a couple of myths that I'll think about three people ask me about all the time. And then I'm like, no, (laughs) that's not how it works. (laughs) Number one, uh, waist trainers. People think that, oh, well, if I wear a waist trainer, I'll sweat more in my belly and I'll lose my belly fat. No, (laughs) that's not how it works. It's not? That's (laughs) not how it works. Not how it works. Okay. Just because you sweat more doesn't mean you're losing more weight. If you sweat, you're just losing water weight. And when you drink water, your water is going to go right back into your system and you're going to gain that weight back. So no, that's not how it works. People come into the gym with me when they wear waist trainers. And the first thing I say is take it off. (laughs) And I have a YouTube video about this. So you guys can check out my YouTube and I have a whole YouTube video about waist trainers in general. So no, they're a myth. They are literally there to ploy you into buying a product and to take your money from you. So don't buy it. It's no point. There's no point. (laughs) Two, how do I get my belly fat down? How do I get my belly fat like yours? My belly like yours? And I said, well, how is your diet? (laughs) The first thing I didn't even say, how do you work out? Mm -hmm. The first thing I said was, how's your diet? Because the biggest thing that we need to realize is that how you eat affects how your body is going to react. So if you're putting nothing but 
bad food in your body, I'm putting that with quotes. It's not bad food because you can have whatever you want. It's just making sure that you're eating the processed foods that are high in calories, but low in nutrients. You need to eat those in moderation. Not saying that you can't enjoy a slice of pizza. Trust me, I had pizza two days ago and it was great. (laughs) (laughs) But I still am able to have two, you know, slices of pizza, but I'm able to still have the body and the health that I have because I eat within moderation and I know exactly what I'm putting in my body. So the thing that he was saying is that he wasn't eating. He wasn't really eating. He was only eating like a protein shake and an egg and a, a salad. And I was like, um, you got to eat. You have to eat. Okay. So that's my second biggest myth. People think that for you to be able to be in a caloric deficit, that you need to not eat. And that is farthest away from the truth. You need to eat. People eat, (laughs) eat, eat, eat. (laughs) You have to eat, but you have to learn how to eat correctly. I always say food from the earth. I mean like animals as well. I'm a protein eater. I eat meat. I'm not a vegetarian. I do eat a lot of protein resources. Then I eat carbs. Guess what? I eat carbs. You don't need to let carbs go for you to lose weight. (laughs) You need carbs. It's an energy source. So it's learning how to eat correctly is the biggest thing. And also eating in general, because if if you don't eat, then your body is going to go into starvation mode and say, I need to hold on to all of this fat because I don't want to (laughs) die. And then the third one, I will say, and I'll keep it short and sweet. People think that if you go into the gym and you do a bunch of crunches or you're only on the app machine, that you're going to get a flat stomach. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how it works. You can have belly fat and have a strong core at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Just because you're doing a bunch of crunches does not mean you're going to lose your belly fat, especially if you're doing a bunch of crunches and then you're going home and you're not eating the correct way and you're not looking at your macros. Guess what? Your belly fat's going to stay, but you're going to learn how to do a plank for two minutes. And that's amazing. The fact that you can do a plank for two minutes, that's awesome. You've been increasing your core strength. Core strength is everything, but that's not going to get rid of your belly fat at the end of the day. Getting rid of your belly fat means you need to be in a caloric deficit, but you need to be in a caloric deficit the correct way. So eating your proper calories per day, but also getting in the gym and burning calories. That's how you stay in a caloric deficit. Those are the three myths that I hear all the time in the gym. And I try to say, hey, this is not correct. (laughs) Yeah, that's really, really good that you brought those up. I hear those um, and for you to be able to say, no, that's not how it works. That's super cool and and super encouraging to tell people to do your research, you know, just don't believe everything that you see. If anybody you want to follow Michelle West, you can head over to her YouTube channel to check out what she's doing. Her YouTube is Michelle West. I am I. Did I say that correctly? Yes, that's awesome. correct. Inform, it's inform, motivate, inspire. Ooh, so I am I. Cool. Yeah. I love it. And then she's on Instagram at Shell West. And of course, yeah. you can find her website, michellewest.net. So please go check yeah. her out and connect with her. All right. So let's kind of shift girls a little bit and talk about your Broadway dancing career. Yes. All right. So what were some things growing up that prepared you for that? Because you did say earlier on that you started dancing at two. So did your parents kind of push you in the direction like, hey, you've been dancing since you're two. So you're going to be a Broadway dancer. How did that prepare you for that career? 
My parents put me in dance when I was younger because I was literally that kid that was always moving. And my mom says the day that I was born, I had my leg around my head. And she was like, oh, she's, <laughs> this girl is born to be a dancer. So <laughs> I always had a pretty big personality. Um, and they were like, we need to put her in dance class. So I was in dance class. I never thought when I was that young that I wanted to be a performer. I didn't realize until I was in high school that I was like, oh, I really love performing because my high school had a awesome um, performing arts program and an awesome theater program. So we would do shows every year and I was in the musicals every single year. So I would do my musicals in high school. And then after school, I would do my dance classes. Now, I absolutely loved dancing and I loved performing, but I loved musical theater and I loved being a part of that theater community. So I will say that um, to all the young people out there, like if you have resources out there, community theaters, or your high school is putting on shows and you're interested in being a part of them, then take advantage of that resource. Go be a part of the shows because that is what sparked me wanting to be a performer. When I was a senior in high school, I was like, this is what I want to do. So my parents actually were not the parents to be like, oh, you're going to be a professional dancer. No, not by any means. They were like, hey, Michelle, do whatever you want. Like, as long as you're happy and you feel good about what you're doing, then you're good. I have the most supportive parents in the entire world. And they have always been so happy with uh, what I choose and um, so supportive of what my choices are in life. So they were very supportive of me when I said that I think I'm going to go to college for dance. Now, my mom is a budget analyst <laughs> and a consultant, and my dad is an engineer, and my brother is also an engineer. So I come from a, a family of engineers and, and numbers people. And if you ask me what 200 plus 100 is, I'm not gonna know the answer. So uh, <laughs> I am not the mathematician by any means. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go to school. I wanna go to school for dance. And they were like, oh, for, so they were like, I don't know. They questioned it, but they questioned it in their own personal conversation. They never brought that conversation up to me. At the end of the day, the same work ethic that you have to put into becoming a performer is the same work ethic that you have to put into being anything else, a doctor, a lawyer, a police officer, a firefighter, uh, you know, an engineer. You have to put in the same effort or the same work to do to be a performer, just like you have to do to do any other career. So that's what I did. And I was really, you know, adamant about, I had a one track mindset that I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to try to get on Broadway. That's what I did. So for my college career, I went to school for dance. I did not go to school for musical theater. And the reason why is because as a dancer, I felt as though that my technique could be better. I needed to improve my technique. I've always been a good performer. Um, I've, I was always the first girl that was on stage at the talent shows at school. I was always the girl who was getting the solos at choir. Like I was that girl. There was no problem with me being up in the front, but I also went to competitions when I was young and they'd be like, Michelle, you need to 
point your feet. Michelle, you need to straighten your legs. Michelle, you need to, you're so hype all the time. There's so much energy. I need you to contain that in energy. So for me to be taken seriously as a technician, I was like, I need to go to college for dance. So I wanted to better my technique. And that's why I went to Temple University for my dance performance degree. And it was my junior year of college that I completely missed musical theater. And I was like, this is what I want to do musical theater. Like, I don't want to do modern dance. I don't feel as though that I am that type of personality to continue in the modern dance world. Because when you go to get a BFA in dance in the collegiate level, you're pretty much studying modern ballet and another style of dance, depending on what school you go to. If it's UArch, you're probably studying jazz performance. I would have probably been great in that program um, <laughs> because I feel like I'm a jazz arena at heart. But once it's simple and I was studying uh, modern ballet and African dance. And my junior year, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to switch my major. I want to do musical theater. And my teachers were like, no, don't do that. Just finish out. <laughs> Just finish out your last year here. You don't have that lo much longer. Just finish out and you can do whatever you desire. So I was like, great. Awesome. So I finished out my last year at Temple. Um, as a dance degree. And then right from there, I said, okay, here we go. I am going to go to New York and I'm going to look up my auditions. I'm going to get all this information. I used all the resources around me of uh, people that I was in touch with at Temple and people that I became friends with when I was going to the city. And that was my normal routine. I would get on a Greyhound bus at four. I would get to New York by five. I would be in a line for a non-union call at six o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't get seen at the audition until about one or two I would do the audition I would eat something after I was done I would get back on the bus maybe I would say like probably like 10 o'clock I would get home at 12 I would go to sleep at one and I was back up at three and I did this over and over and over and over I pounded the pavement and I was really persistent on getting seen at any audition, any call that I possibly could. And that worked to my favor because a lot of people started to know who I was. And a lot of people started to know who my, what my name was. And they're like, this girl is coming to every single call. She is in the room. She's and she had no sleep the night, the night before. And she's still in here doing what she needs to do. And from there... Three months after I was starting to audition, I got my first job and I went on tour. So I went on tour and then I started to, you know, grow from there, grow as a performer, grow in this business, start to know names, start to know casting directors. And as I got on and on, I guess that led me to Aladdin and I continued to um, do that. And I'm still making connections now to this day and people are, you know, still reaching out. From when I started to now, I have learned so much throughout this career and there's so much more that I am learning about this career. It's possible is what I guess I'm mm -hmm. trying to say at the end of the day. It's possible to be able to do it. You just have to have the drive and the motivation to be able to do it because you're going to get a whole lot of no's, three months worth of no's. It could probably be six months worth of no's for you. It could be a year worth of no's for you. I know those actors who have not gotten a job in their first year of auditioning. I got lucky. I'm the lucky performer and some of that has to do with me being an african-american dancer who you know woman who came in and i was like when we first started there wasn't that many 
uh, Black women who were present in the room. So I feel like that has to come with that, but it also has to come with my persistence. And I was like one of the only Black girls in a sea of white girls. Like it was me. So <laughs> people know who I was and they knew my face very easily because I was persistent. So if you're persistent and you know exactly what you want in this career and you're using your resources around you, you can do it for sure. And that's what I did. And I started off as a non-union performer and now I'm an equity performer and now people are calling me for gigs and now I'm not going to the audition. This is great. <laughs> wow, I love that. And, and I'm so glad that you covered all of that and you kind of talked about your tenacity and grit. That is super cool. And just kind of wrapping up the conversation on that high note to just hear your story is so inspiring, especially for anyone who's listening to this podcast who's interested in a career in dance or the non-traditional careers. I'm glad that you brought that up and talked about your parents and your upbringing. And then, of course, all the hard work that you had to put in to get to where you are today. That is super, super inspiring and an encouragement to anyone that whenever you put your heart to, you can absolutely accomplish. So thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us on today's podcast. This has been super enlightening and just before we head out can you leave just like a finer (laughs) word uh, for people who are listening just to encourage them to pursue their dreams for sure absolutely my biggest thing and this is what I tell all of my kids that I teach all of my workshop people even my personal training clients right now don't worry about other people's journeys worry about your own journey Okay, because everybody's journey is different and you would be surprised on even if I haven't had my Broadway debut, people still look at me and they're just like, wow, Michelle, you've done so much in your career. There's so much that you have done that I'm inspired by. And I do that with other people who have been on Broadway. Um, I'm inspired about what they do. If you're too busy looking at the sidelines, you're not going to be focused on what Mm. you need to do. So you need to be focused on you. (laughs) Don't worry about anybody else's journey because everybody's journey is different and everybody's journey is beautiful. You have to be super focused on yourself and there is a selfishness that comes with that. But honestly, if you are figuring out this journey There's not much that other people can really help you with. Mentors, yes. People outside who are helping you with that path, absolutely. But scrolling on Instagram and being like, oh, this girl is doing this and she's on Broadway. She's doing all the things that I wish that I could do. No, that is a distraction. (laughs) Do not worry about that. Do not worry about the highlight reels of what everybody is doing because guess what? Other people are going through some hard times as well. And you just don't see that because they're not going to post the hard times that they're going through. They're only posting the good times. So don't be distracted by what the hearsay are doing. Be focused on yourself be focused on your journey and go forward in your own time and your own space that is my biggest thing that I want to say and if anybody wants to reach out to me via YouTube via um, Instagram via my website 
please reach out to me. I am an open book about a lot of things. And I still, I'm not just this energetic, like on this podcast, like this is me every <laughs> single day. So <laughs> you can, um, you can always reach out to me. I'm always answering questions and talking to uh, people. And, you know, I love to connect with people. That's the reason why I started this YouTube journey, because I get to reach out to people and I get to meet new people and don't feel like, oh my gosh, I can't ask Michelle this question. No, you absolutely can ask me anything. If I don't know the answer, then I will tell you respectfully, I don't know the answer. But <laughs> if you have any questions about performing or fitness or anything within uh, what we talked about, please do not hesitate. Make sure you connect with Michelle West. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us on today's podcast. It has been absolutely insightful um, and I loved chatting with you. Um, well, thank you everyone for listening to our podcast if you did enjoy this podcast please leave us a review let us know what you think and of course don't forget to share this podcast with someone who you know would absolutely enjoy listening to it as we head out today i just want to put up a reminder there that we are a nonprofit. we're 501c3 and we are constantly in need of help so if you can help us in some capacity either as a mentor as a volunteer as a resource advocate as a donor we would absolutely appreciate that. You can head over to our website, dreammentorship.org to make a donation or to connect with us. And if you're also listening to this podcast, you're a young woman between 20 and 34, and you are looking for a mentor, that's really what we are all about. We're about community accountability and, of course, pairing you with a mentor to answer all those questions you have about life and career. So head over to our website as well and book an interest meeting with us so we can answer every single question you have about our mentoring program and that's it people until next time thank you for listening bye-bye thanks for listening don't forget to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode if you'd like to learn more about what dream mentorship has to offer follow us on instagram at dream mentorship or visit our website dreammentorship.org this podcast was edited by ruby libeshack Live your authentic dream because every dream is valid.